But first, how many of you feel like you should be much further along in life than you are right now? If you could just be honest, just raise your hand. You know what? You should be. And turn to your neighbor and say, you should be. Yeah, that's right. And I should be too. I should. We all should be a little bit further along than life than what we should be. And, and that's the truth. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the master key to accelerate your destiny. And some of us, we know what we're supposed to be doing, and God's put some things inside of us, and, we, and God's shared, and He's revealed, and He's done some of those things, but sometimes it's like there's a big valley, and there's this bridge, and it's like the bridge is down, and we can see the other side, but we just have no idea how to get there. How many know what I'm talking about? You feel that way just a little bit. It's, it's kind of like, you know, and that's that whole thing. I feel like I should be a little bit further along in life than what I am right now. I, I should just, I shouldn't have to be on this side of the valley. I should be on the other side of the valley. And you know, sometimes when you get in that place, you end up getting a little low. And you don't, not sure what's going on and you get to a low place in your life. And a lot of times circumstances move in and things start to happen. And, and, and you, you get to this really low place and you just kind of uh, feel like you just want to give up on God, give up on life, you want to give up on, on everybody. But see, even though during my low time and some low times that I know, I, I, I just always knew that I was destined for more than what I was there, despite the circumstance I was in right there. I always knew I was destined for more. I remember a time where uh, the job was lost. I had a savings account and I began to watch the savings account dwindle. And I'm sure some of you have probably been in that spot before where you start to see things in your world just kind of get turned upside down. And sometimes it can get turned upside down in just a really quick, within a few days or a few weeks. And I remember struggling and going through and, and trying to figure out things to do, you know, to, to make, it, uh, make it better. Let's just make this stop. Make this circumstance go away. Make the bleeding stop. Because life isn't so good right now, and I'm just, I'm really low and I know, though, I'm supposed to be on the other side of this valley, but boy, this is just not looking really good. And even when things aren't as bad and they're just oh, kind of normal, even still, it's like I can't seem to get to that other side. And sometimes we've got to get to the point where we give up and we allow God. Okay, this one's going to go out on me. I, we may have some. Uh, let me try this lapel mic. We didn't sound check this, but I'm going to put this on. I'm going to switch mics. Bear with me. All right, we got to be careful on feedback on this one because we didn't, didn't sound check this one. Let's give this a try. Everybody hear me good? All right, that's perfect. So even in these low times, I knew there was more in me. I know that there was, uh, you know, and I know that right now there's even more in me now that hasn't even come to fruition yet. There's still more for me to get to. There's still more for me to obtain that God has shown me to do. But in those low times, if we stay there, we can't get across. So we've got to get out of the low time. So how do we get out of that low time where we just, we don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to accomplish the things that God has shown us to do. This morning, I want us to really let this message be life-changing for us. I want us to look at it and see, examine ourselves, look at ourselves because I believe the master key, the thing that's holding us back from going to the next level, the thing that's keeping us from fulfilling our true destiny is one thing, and it's lack of confidence. Everybody say confidence. Is lack of confidence. 
So if you're taking notes, write that down. Lack of confidence. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, and this is our key scripture. This is the basis of where we're getting this from. It says, therefore... Now, see, you can almost just stop right there. See, all the things he said in the chapter before, when you see this, you know, therefore, if you didn't get anything else I said before in this chapter, get this. This is the most important verse right here in this chapter. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Therefore, do not throw away whose confidence? Yours. So your confidence, my confidence, don't throw away your confidence because there's a reward if you can hang on to it and you can keep it. And see, when I was in that low time, you know, whether it was the enemy or myself, I, I would have these thoughts, you know, and that savings account's being dwindled and, and things are looking awful and there's no work and there's all this stuff. I'm just not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm really letting the family down. Boy, I just wish that it all could end. And you start having those thoughts and you begin to think along those times. But the truth is, every day when we wake up, we've got a choice that we can either have confidence or not. In other words, we can either have confidence or we can give in to the Eeyore spirit. Let's put Eeyore up on the screen. How many know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh? See, Eeyore's all poo. He's all poo. If anything bad's going to happen to me, it's going to be today. Poo. In this recession, there's no way my business is going to flourish. Poo. There's no way I'm going to dig myself out of this mess. Poo. Right? He was always talking to poo. And he always had poo to say. Because you know, I looked up Eeyore. I looked him up on Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. And here's what they said about Eeyore. He is generally characterized as a pessimistic, gloomy, depressed, old, gray, stuffed donkey. If anything bad is going to happen, it's going to happen to me. That's his attitude. The flip side is... You can either have that Eeyore spirit or you can be like Tigger. Yes, sir. Because Tigger is a wonderful thing. Yes. And if you've watched it, you know he bounces around. He's always got a smile on his face. He's never down. He's cheerful, outgoing, competitive in a friendly way and has complete confidence in himself. If anything good's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Amen? Amen? We need a Tigger spirit, not an Eeyore spirit. If anything good... Yeah, that's right. Let's give the Lord a hand. God's good. If anything good's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. And that's, that's the confidence that we need to have, just like Tigger. Now, I look Tigger up to... It says that he's cheerful, outgoing. He's got complete confidence in himself. And if anything good's going to happen, it's him. Now, Winnie the Pooh, he stated once, you didn't know you were going to get a lesson on Winnie the Pooh, did you? <laughs> That's all right. Pooh states once, Tigger always seems bigger because of his bounces, implying that the other animals think of Tigger as being larger 
than he truly is. That's how he stated it. That's how he stated it. Larger than he truly is. See, we know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I can have all the confidence in the world. I can have that tigger spirit and I can walk around optimistic. I can walk around with a smile on my face. I can make the decision to have confidence because I know that God is with me. He is inside me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Therefore, I can have complete confidence. Amen. And I don't have to give in. To the Eeyore spirit, we all need these rewards. We need these rewards, which has a great reward. Going back to Hebrews 10, 35, which has a great reward. That phrase literally means wages due. Let me say that way. Say wages due. Wages due. That means if you walk in confidence, you are due a great reward. Ah, that's good. I mean, the more and more I started thinking about that, I, I, I started to shout. Because I am due a great reward as long as I have confidence. You know, how would you feel if you went in and you get paid every week or every two weeks, and you went to pick up your paycheck, and they said, nah, we decided you weren't getting paid this time. How would you like it? How would you respond would you be happy about it? Would you take it lying down? Would you just, oh, well, that's okay. I understand. I understand. If anything bad's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to me. No. It, it might as well be today. No, you're not going to give in to that. When you have confidence, you are due a great reward. That's what the scripture has promised you, a great reward. See, the thing is, is many of us believe that just because we're Christians, we get a reward. Uh-oh. But that's not true. Not everybody gets rewards. I am not sitting in a room full of people that are going to get rewards automatically, just handed to them. Do you get a reward just for going to work? and sitting down and doing nothing or just taking a nap? <laughs> Do you get a reward? If you went into work and you sat back and kicked your head back and started snorting, would you get paid? Ah, uh, you're not going to get paid. There's something we have to do to get paid. We have to have confidence to get a reward. So just because we're Christians doesn't mean we get the rewards here. Now, we're all going to get the reward in heaven, right? We're all going to get that reward. But I don't know about you, but I want some rewards right now. I don't want to have to wait till I get to heaven. So we're not all going to get rewards unless we do what? We boost our... We boost our... Amen. Confidence is the key to receiving the rewards that God has promised you in life. That thing that you see on the other side of the valley where the bridge is down, confidence is the key to get there. Confidence will build a bridge nice and wide, big and strong that a hurricane can't even break down. 
Confidence is the key. Some people think that we're due these rewards just because we're saved, but the scripture tells us, don't forget this, that not everybody is rewarded, just those who have confidence. And so when you get low and you give into that Eeyore spirit, you even, you, you, when you give into that spirit, you even kind of get, and, and you're not seeing things happen in your life. The blessings aren't coming. The rewards aren't coming. You even get tired of church. You can even get tired of church things because you're experiencing the rewards of, you know, church life or, or, or Christianity in that sense, but the blessings aren't there. No matter how many times you're praying, you're rebuking until your rebuker one runs out. You're just doing all kinds of things, and, and you're, you're rebuking this, rebuking that, casting this down, casting down, and you, nothing seems to be happening. Why? Because the confidence is not there backing it. Because the Eeyore spirit has moved in, and you've got that thing going on. Oh, well. And when something good starts to happen, you begin to feel like, you ever feel like, you know, something good starts happening, and you're like, oh, this just can't be because you don't deserve it. How many's been there before? It starts to happen, and then you just kind of slow your roll down because you don't deserve it, right? Because so many bad things has happened before. It can't be that a good thing is going to happen all the time. It can't be that. It can't be that we're going to be able to overcome the problems every time. Could it? Could it be? I say it can be. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes his, the heart sick. See, when you're in that Eeyore spirit, Christianity becomes a drag. Things aren't happening. Discouragement sets in. It, it's just like you can't see. You can't see how to get there. And it's just like you just want to give up. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God wants us to come out of that. He wants us to have the Tigger spirit with our arms wide open, the smile on our face, and the bounce. And so when you see somebody down, when you see your brother or sister down, just tell them to bounce. We got to get the Tigger. We got to get rid of the Eeyore spirit. Greater is he that's in you that's in the, he that's in the world. Confidence is something we don't hear a whole lot about, especially in the church. But we need to study all we can about confidence. We need to study the things that will give us confidence. You know, there's those scriptures, the one that I said, you know, greater is he is in me. I can do all things in Christ. See, sometimes we just, we know these things, but yet we don't actually really apply them. And do we really, really believe them? Do we really take a hold of the confidence that when we pray that He hears us? That's what it says. This is the confidence that we have. That when we petition the Heavenly Father, when we pray to Him, that He hears us. He is actually hearing us. That's, it that's, uses that word. That's the confidence that we can have. Do not throw away your confidence. So we need to focus on scriptures that will build us up, give us confidence. Know them, memorize them, have them, and actually believe them and apply them. Why do we need to focus on these scriptures that will build us up and give us confidence? Because one out of three, just in the world, one out of three have major self-esteem issues. One out of three. You can write that down. So turn to your neighbor, look at them, check them out. Check the hairdo out. Check what they're wearing. Turn to the other person, check them out. Look up here, check me out. Check what I'm wearing. Check my fly hairdo. Right? That's three. You look to your left, look to your right, looked up here. One of y'all got confidence issues. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. We got to work, work on that. 
Amen? There's one out of three. In the body of Christ, it should be three out of three have confidence. It should be three out of three have confidence. One out of three, we don't need to have self-esteem issues. See, without confidence, we're like that jumbo jet on a runway without the fuel. What's the fuel? It's confidence. Confidence fuels that jet so that we can get off. And see, some of us see ourselves, we don't see ourselves as a jumbo jet. We see ourselves as a little prop plane. You ever been in one of those little prop planes? I was in one of those things one time. Guess what? I'm not getting back in. I don't like them. You can have them. Forget about it. We went up in the plane one time. It was one of these little tour things. The wind was blowing. That thing felt like it was just going to crash at any second. We got about, I, I, I tried to endure it about halfway through. I was like, I don't care what I paid. Just take me back down. I don't care. Just get me out of this little prop plane. I would much rather be in a jumbo jet any day. You are a jumbo jet. You are not a prop plane. All you need is the fuel to fuel the plane, to fuel that jumbo debt. You're talented, you're anointed, you're gifted, but you won't go anywhere without confidence fuel. You need it. You're stuck. Let's dump today. Let's dump some of that high-octane fuel from the Holy Spirit, dump it in our tank, and take off. How many of that sounds good to you? Amen. There's three things we need to have confidence in. You can write these down. Three things. If we're going to succeed in life, you've got to have confidence in these three things. Number one is God. Just number one. And see, many times you know, we say, well, I have confidence in God. Really? <laughs> We've got to check it. We've got to check ourselves. We've got to look at it. We've got to examine it. Do I have confidence in God? Proverbs 3.26 says, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Lord will be your confidence and keep your foot from being caught. Number two, write this down. If you don't write this down, memorize it. Have confidence in yourself. Now, this is a toughie because most of the time in the Christian world, we don't talk about this. We don't say have confidence in yourself. All we talk about is number one, let's have confidence in God. And this is where most church people, church folk, including myself, this is where we've missed it most of the time. Most people believe that God can do anything and God is powerful, but what about you? What about me? We believe God can do all this, but we don't believe that we can. We lack the confidence in ourselves. Well, I'm just a worm in the dirt, poo. I don't know if I'm going to make it, poo. That's how we view and that's how we think many times. We think less of ourselves. We don't have confidence in ourselves. No problem. You know, we believe, have confidence. God will help me. God will supply. But, and we say, oh, I'm being humble. I'm being humble. I want you to put, we're going to put this phrase up on the screen here. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking less about yourself. Let me say this one more time. Get this down in your spirit. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking less about yourself. The other day, there was a TV show, and my kids were watching the show, and one of them, one of the other uh, 
uh, one of the characters was supposed to be a stupid character on the show. He didn't know a whole lot. And another character supposed to be a genius or the smart one. And I looked at Aaron and my youngest. I said, well, what are you? Are you a genius? And he said, yes. I said, good boy. And I turned to the next one. Chris said, what are you? Are you a genius? He said, yes. And I turned to the next one, next one. And they said, yes, because you know what? They're geniuses. They don't need to think less of themselves. They just don't need to be thinking about themselves all the time. See, we've got, the, we've got our definition of pride and humility. Sometimes we get it a little messed up. Why? You know, look, God said to Abraham, I will make your name great. Look it up. He said your name. Paul talked about himself. As a matter of fact, he said, look at me and do what I do. He had the confidence enough in himself to tell the church, look at me and follow my example. Do what I do. That's a bold statement. You can't do that when you're, I'm a worm in the dirt, poo. You can't do it. Right? You just can't do it. So humility, one more time, is not thinking less of yourself Humility is thinking less about yourself. So you first have to believe in God. He's the fuel that gives you confidence in yourself. So that's why God's number one. Number two, you've got to believe in yourself. Number three, you've got to believe in others. Why? Because you will only accomplish a fraction of what you can really accomplish by yourself. Without others, you'll only accomplish a fraction. So you need others. You've got to have confidence in yourself. Okay, now I want to talk about three keys to help us take your confidence to an all-time high. Now, don't, don't forget our master key. Our master key is what? Having what? Confidence. If you, don't, if you don't remember anything from this morning, remember the master key that opens the door to get you to the other side of the valley. It is having confidence. Having confidence. Now, where's it? Three keys to help take your confidence to an all-time high. Today, we're only going to do one. That means you better, you got to come next week to get the other two keys. You don't want to miss them. We don't have time to go over all three. So we got one, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move along here. Y'all may have to give me an extra five minutes today. I'm not sure. Number one, when God wants to boost, this is the first key, when God wants to boost your confidence, He first changes your self-image. When God wants to boost your confidence, He first changes your self-image. Self-image is how you see yourself. Now, see, Gideon is a perfect example of this. Israel was under the oppression of the Midianites. Gideon was destined to be uh, a world changer, but he had no fuel for his jumbo jet. He lacked that confidence in himself, but God wanted to use them. In Judges 6.12, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now, this was very, very important. He said, O mighty man of valor. That's like God coming down to say to you, you're a 6'6 UFC champion or something. You know, whatever. You're the highest ranking Rambo Marine, whatever. You know, that, that the angel's coming at you. are a mighty man of valor. That's what, the, that's what God was saying to Gideon. You are the man. There is nobody that can touch you. You can kick everybody's butt. That's what he was telling Gideon right then and there. You are the man. That's a confidence builder right then and there. That was powerful. But then what did he say? In Judges 6, 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Do not I send you? In other words, Gideon, go and kick butt. You're going to be able to do it. Here's what he says in verse 15. Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I'm just a worm in the dirt, poo. If anything bad's going to happen, it's going to be me, poo. That's how he was seeing himself. I am the least in my father's house. But yet God just called him what? A mighty man of valor. UFC, six foot six, 250 pounds, heavyweight champion, babe. I mean, Mike Tyson on steroids even, you know? Right? He is the greatest fight. You are the greatest. You are the baddest man. You are, you are a bad man. But yet, I'm a worm in the dirt, poo. That's, how, that's all he could think of. I'm the lowest. I'm the weakest. I'm this. But God, before he could use Gideon and change the economic condition for Israel, because see, in uh, verse 6 of that same chapter, it says that the Midianites brought this econo- I mean, brought them low, brought Israel low economically. They were being oppressed by the Midianites. He had to change Gideon's image first before he could use him, before he could send him out. We've got to have our image changed before God can use us, before He can bless us, before we can get the rewards. Our image has got to be changed so we can have the confidence to do what He's called us to do. Amen? not careful, seasons of poverty can get to you and cause you to believe things about yourself that's absolutely not true. Gideon had been in poverty for so long, he forgot who he was. He forgot who God was. He didn't understand. He didn't know that he wasn't a worm in the dirt. He felt like he was a worm in the dirt. Therefore, he was acting like a worm in the dirt. And therefore, what? He was a worm in the dirt. But God raised up Gideon. And God used Gideon. Long story short, he changed his image and he became that mighty man of valor. This morning, I want us to have the key and have the ability to change our path, to accelerate our destiny, to become world changers and not chumps. Because the God hasn't called the church to be chumps. He's called the church to be world changers. Statement. Your life conditions is something to, to, to know. You've got to really get this. Your life conditions will naturally rise to the level of your self-image. Say it one more time. Your life conditions will naturally rise to the level of your self-image. Another way to put it, we'll say it like this. How you see yourself will ultimately produce your life conditions. How you see yourself will ultimately produce your life conditions. So until you change a person's self-image, you can't change their life conditions. And God, until He changes your self-image, until you begin to work on your self-image and change your self-image, you can't change your life conditions. Because why? Rewards come to those who have confidence. Norman Vincent Peale, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. How many remember that book from years ago? You young people, don't put your hands up. You're not supposed to remember that. It was a long time ago. Okay, but... He wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. It changed a lot of things in our culture. It changed a lot of things in the world. World-renowned. Norman Vincent Peale is a true story. He was in Asia, and he was walking down the street, and there was a tattoo parlor. 
and he saw a featured tattoo for sale, and it said, Born to Lose. That was the tattoo, Born to Lose. And he stopped because he just couldn't help himself. He said, Sir, let me ask you, does anybody buy that tattoo? And he said, Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. He said, Well, why? He said, Tattoo on mind first, then tattoo on body. How you think about yourself is what you're going to be. It's so important. And it's so sad that people would think so low of themselves that they put born to lose and get it tattooed on their body. How awful is that? Your life is a direct response to how you see yourself. And we're going to end with this. Get this down in your spirit. The aim of all spiritual attack is to come against your self-image. We normally end at 15, 11, 15. How many will give me five more minutes this morning? We usually don't do it. Five more minutes? We've got to finish this up. This is good. <laughs> I, I, I almost always want to end on time, but we have got to get this. Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. Yes or yes? yes. <laughs> How did Satan attack them? How did Satan do that? He got them to doubt who they were. The only way that he could defeat them was to tell them that you'll be like God, but they already were like God. They were already like Him. They were already in the likeness or the image. In other words, they were a picture, a snapshot of God. They already had the confidence. They were already made in God's image. And the enemy came and asked them a question and began to get them to doubt and talk to them and say, well, if you do this, you'll be like this. And they bought it and they messed up. Right? So God looks and says, okay, the first Adam messed up. But I'm going to send a second Adam. And we know his name is Jesus Christ. And so when he's there, and he's in the 40 days fasting, and he's out there in the wilderness over to the side, the enemy comes to him, and what does he do? He asked them a question. And he said, if you are the Christ, what was he doing? He was attacking his identity, just like he did in the garden, attacking their identity. He's attacking Christ's identity at his lowest moment, at his lowest point. Remember when we started, we said, we get low, and I've gotten low, and I felt like the worm in the dirt. That's when the enemy comes, and he gets you to question who you are. And he came three times to Christ and says, if you are the Christ, do this, but our great champion overcame that because he wasn't a worm in the dirt and he knew who he was even though the first Adam failed the second Adam didn't fail and he came up and he said get behind me Satan and he quoted his father's words can you give the Lord praise God is good that's who we are how do you get anybody to doubt you ask them a question about their identity you get them to try to lose who they are that's why the best tool that the enemy has to come at you is doubt and unbelief to get you to stop believing who you are. That's why the number one spiritual attack that the enemy uses comes against your self-image. Remember, Christ, He goes to the cross. 
the thief who's full of the devil turns to him. He's at his lowest point. He's beaten, bruised. He's got the stripes. He's bleeding. He's in so much pain. The, 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 the thorns are, are pushing in. He can barely see because of the blood in his eyes. And the thief turns to him and says, What? If you are the Christ, it was a last ditch, ditch effort of Satan to come and attack his identity. And that's what he does. He comes to you at the low point to get you to question who you are and to give up. And I'm just the low worm in the dirt, poo. That's what he wants you to do. But if you don't lack confidence and you have confidence in God and you allow that spiritual fuel, that Holy Spirit fuel to get into your jumbo jet to get it off the runway, you'll defeat him every time. You'll defeat him every time. And then every time he, come, he comes to you and says, says, if you are the carol that you say you are, the God inside of you, then you should be able to cast this down and it be removed and cast into the sea. That's why Christ said, and they asked him, he said, how can you do these miracles? How can you do this stuff? Because see, when Christ was here on the earth after he defeated Satan that first time, when he came to him and said, if you're the Christ, just pick up that bread and just eat it. He became unstoppable. There was nothing that could stop him because he had the confidence of who he was. And he walked around and healed the sick. The sick couldn't stop him. Nothing could stop. They tried to kill him and he just walked through them. They couldn't even get him off the cliff it just he was totally unstoppable and that's what the enemy wants to know are you unstoppable and i say yes say i am unstoppable you are unstoppable and christ the reason that he could overcome when he was there on the cross at that time when the enemy was defeated because he could see the reward on the other side he could see that his influence was going to spread like wildfire that he was going to sit at the right hand of the father and he was going to have many sons and daughters on the earth carrying out his will on the earth it was the sight of the rewards being in sight that caused him to be able to defeat the enemy because he knew who he was and he claimed the reward sitting at the right hand of the father can we see the reward can you see the reward that god has spoken to you in the past the things that god's told you to do the blessings don't give in to the enemy when he says well you're just not supposed to be blessed god just doesn't want you blessed yes he does he's got a reward for you all you've got to do is raise your confidence level and know who you are and as you begin to walk in confidence and as you begin to walk that way with a spring in your step oh you may not see it just happen just then but you watch because that confidence will begin to attract the blessing the confidence that you walk in will begin to attract the rewards all of a sudden the light bulb gets turned on and you know the steps that you're supposed to take things that you have to do to overcome the situations you're in it's all about confidence in god and yourself amen Christ won the battle by saying, my father said, my father said. What was in the word confidence comes from our father, from our heavenly father. The encouragement of a father will empower the son. The criticism of a father will cripple a son. Did you get that? The encouragement of a father will empower the son. That's why I try to empower my children as much as I can. I tell them who they are before they even become it. It doesn't matter. I tell them who they are. Because I want to empower them and not cripple them. If you didn't have a father that encourages, encouraged you and empowered you growing up, you've got a heavenly father that will empower you, that will encourage you. You've got those around you to your left and your right and around that can empower you and encourage you. The attack 
comes against our self-image. We've got to keep our eyes on the reward. Image, get this, image was the first gift given to man. First gift. He made them in his likeness and his image. And the enemy hates that because he's not in God's image. And you have something that he doesn't have. He hates it. And so that's why he's always trying to take back that image. That's why he will attack that image every time. If you have the right identity or self-image, you can get knocked down, but you're never out. Did you get that? You can get knocked down. Life may throw you a curveball, but you're never out because you can rise above it with confidence in the Lord. First John 5.14, I'll leave you this. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Can we stand this morning? Can we ask Him here this morning to help us to have the confidence we need to overcome? God is so good. Was this good for you this morning? Does this encourage you this morning? It encouraged me. I'm so excited about this church. I want you to make sure you're here next week. If you want to get get this message, listen to it more. Just get the... Get these words in you. And it's, I don't care about my, my words. I care about what God's saying. Amen. I care about what God's saying that, that, that He wants to do with us as a body. What He wants to do. He wants to bring us up. How many here can need, needs more confidence? I, I, mean, I need some. I need some more. I'm no longer going to allow the enemy to beat me up because I know who I am. I know that rewards only follow those who have confidence. It's time for us to paint on the orange and black stripes and bounce around and be a tigger. Because a tigger's a wonderful thing. A tigger's a wonderful thing. Let's pray, Father, right now. Just put your hands in the air and let's pray, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're speaking. Lord, forgive us where we've said we're a worm in the dirt. Forgive us where we've not uh, we've spoken bad about ourselves and we thought we were being humble, but we really weren't. We were being prideful. We weren't really obeying the, what you said about us in the word because you said that you would na- make our name great. And Father, we just claim that word right now. And I thank you that greatness is coming to every single person in here that's going to raise their confidence level. Lord, I thank you for boosting supernatural boosters right now to every single person in here for confidence in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit octane fuel fueling up every jumbo jet in this place. Lord, I thank you there's no prop planes in here. There's nothing but jumbo jets. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to take this world by storm for you in Jesus' name. Those things that you've called us to do. Lord, I thank you that those that have their hands right there, they're going to be the best real estate agents. They're going to be the best at the business that they're over. They're going to be the best and most prosperous that what they set their hands to, that it will prosper in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for promotions because of the confidence on the face and the boss sees the smile, the new smiles that are on the faces the bosses see it and they get the raises Lord I thank you for the bank accounts getting bigger Lord in Jesus name the cars getting better and the houses getting bigger in Jesus name I thank you because wealth comes out comes through this and Lord I thank you for it in Jesus name hallelujah amen amen give the Lord a hand real quick before I let you go I heard I heard in the spirit as I said that about the big stuff in the wealth, automatically the enemy's speaking and he already spoke and he said it, said it in somebody's ear. No, that ain't happening to you. That can't happen to you. 
oh, no, the Lord doesn't even want, we're supposed to be humble, humility, and not have a whole lot of things and all that stuff. No, remember, when he said to Abraham, see, I'll make your name great, you know what he said right after that? So that you can help somebody else. You can't help somebody else. You can't help somebody else with something you don't have. Church, you've got to get it. I'm going to have it. He's going to have it. We're all going to have it. And we're going to help other people. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.